Hi there, I'm Jolyn McCarthy and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. Each week, Two Question Tuesday answers randomly picked questions submitted by our clients. Answering this week's questions, we have with us Phil D'Angelo, Managing Director of Focus Wealth Management, and Mike Pisani, Director of Financial Planning. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, Jolyn. Good morning, Jolyn. All right, Phil, our first question is from Allie in New York. Why did GE do a reverse stock split? Yeah, so <clears throat> GE opened for trading on Monday at about $103, $104 a share. Uh, cl closed out on Friday at $12.95. So they did a 148 reverse stock split. Uh, the CEO of G, Larry Culp, uh, really wants to signal to the markets uh, that he wants to split with the past, uh, you know, have a higher share price. The average uh, stock right now in the S&P 500, uh, the average share price is around $200. Uh, if you look at industrial stocks, uh, Eaton 3M, Culp wanted more of the shares outstanding uh, in line with the numbers of shares outstanding of those companies, which, you know, means uh, reversing uh, share split or taking down the share count, uh, probably costs associated with having so many shares out there as well um, in terms of, you know, admin fees and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a, you know, it's a it's a move that really shakes uh, the past up. If we look post-financial crisis, I mean, at the time during the financial crisis, let's face it, GE really was a financial. Uh, now it's back to being a pure industrial. And I think that this is part of Culp's redo. Uh, you know, they're generating more free cash flow right now. The company is actually in a pretty good spot um, compared to where it was. And I think that he really wants to look forward and, and not backwards. And uh, that's a good move to, to signal to the markets that things have changed over at GE. It's a stock that I've been wrong on for about 20 years now, but there's been a couple of times where you could buy it right and make money on it. Uh, long term, it's still uh, a good value. Unfortunately, they took away the dividend, which makes it a tougher story to just sit and kind of have money in it. But uh, I like the move. The other interesting thing that you didn't touch on was activists. If you have a lower share count, it's harder for activists to accumulate shares. And if GE's trying to internally reorganize and cut their costs, Activists can take seat on boards of companies and try to stir things up and point them the company in the direction of whatever the activist thinks the right direction is actually. Now the board has a lot more control to point the company in whatever direction that it wants to. So yeah, what you're saying is 100% correct. Looking toward the future instead of toward the past and have these activists basically playing a role into the internal decisions that the company wants to make. So they can't do that now with the lower share count. All right. Thank you. Mike, our next question is from Frank in New York. Last week's GDP report was weak. What do you make of this? So I don't necessarily think the report was all that weak when you dig through and you look at some of the internal numbers on the report. So the big miss in expectations came on a quarter over quarter basis. Everybody was expecting GDP on a quarter over quarter basis to be eight and a half percent. It came in at six and a half percent quarter over quarter. But if you rewind and look back year over year to get like a more smooth comparison, GDP came in at 12.2 percent year over year. We're probably never going to see a GDP number that high ever again. It's the highest level of growth since 1960 when they actually started to track some of these numbers. 
the miss in GDP was actually due to a negative contribution from inventories and fixed investment. And over the course of time, as companies restock some of their inventories, this could be another type of thing where the miss was due to supply chain constraints because of COVID and all the problems that a lot of companies have been having there. So if we can get those supply chain constraints basically back online, those two metrics will eventually come become tailwinds. Consumption and consumers, uh, the expectation came in way above at 11.8% quarter over quarter and contributed like 7.78% uh, to the total headline. So what's really interesting here is the core PCE, which is the inflation metric, came in ahead of expectations and accelerated pretty substantially. So a lot of these metrics and problems will again be alleviated as we get um, some data in the back half of this week, hopefully, if we see the labor market continue to accelerate and some of the supply chain constraints actually alleviate. So what's actually interesting is looking forward, a lower GDP number now isn't necessarily bad because we have a lot of tailwinds that could potentially come online in the back half of the year. So a lower GDP number now gives us an easier comp in the future to jump over and actually makes the market and economics set up a little bit better in spite of the fact that you're still seeing some really big numbers. So I don't necessarily think it's anything to be overly concerned over. And I think it actually gives you a more favorable setup into the back half of the year and even into next year, because next year when we have to comp a 12% year over year GDP growth number, that's going to be incredibly hard. So a little yeah. bit lower on that number isn't necessarily too bad, in my opinion. And I'm a little bit concerned about, you know, going into the third quarter's uh, another slowdown. I mean, you look at the way the 10-year note's trading today at 118. Um, mm -hmm. God, man, that's not, that's not that great. And you're starting to see supply chain issues rear their heads again, too, uh, you know, in, in certain sectors. Uh, it's very tough to get, you know, things that we were buying uh, during the lockdown again. So uh, that that's concerning as well. I I think there might be a little bit cause for uh, caution uh, going forward if we if yields continue to plummet. If that 10-year goes below 110, I'd be a little bit cautious. Yeah, I agree. You're 100% spot on there. All right. Thank you both for answering this week's questions. If you have a question you'd like to ask, please submit to Jay McCarthy at FocusWealthMGMT.com. Stay safe, and we will see you next week. Take care.